Welcome to Room to Breathe, where you can inhale a spirit-filled thought that will inspire you to be at cause for positive actions and force you to exhale everything slowing you down from moving forward. When your back is up against the wall, remember to always create room to breathe. Hey, welcome back to Room to Breathe. I'm Minister Jesse Watson Jr. and we're glad that you're back with us another week. Remember, we're here every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time and again at 4 uh, right here on INeedToWorkRadio.com. We're also wherever you get your podcast on the Room to Breathe show, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate you joining. Definitely subscribe to the podcast. Remember, this is the place where we look at the space in our lives between our maximized potential and our limits, understanding that breathing room may very well be the thing that we need, what we depend on to create the peace in order for us to make it another day. So that's what we're creating here uh, on the show. Uh, Every week we talk about a trigger. We talk about what we need to exhale, what we need to get out and inhale, what we need to take in. And so this week uh, I was watching CBS this morning, one of my favorite shows when I wake up in the morning with Gail King, Tony DeCopo, and my boy Nate Burleson. And they did a piece on Magic Johnson this week when he found out that he had HIV. So you have to imagine the world was in an uproar at that point, at least the sports world, because Rock Hudson, we found out, had just died after he had contracted HIV. And so now they're looking at Magic Johnson has it. Oh, my goodness. So it created an opportunity for anxiety, not only for him, for his family, for his children, for his teammates, anybody that he played against. And so you have to watch the piece to understand the full scope of what was going on, but it created a great opportunity for anxiety. So that made me think about that. And the trigger for this week that really kind of hit home was, you know, what we're going through right now in the world due to COVID. There are so many people who have anxiety for so many different reasons, vaccine, not get vaccinated. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Should I send my children to school? Should I homeschool? Can we leave the house? I mean, it's so many different things that are going on that creates the opportunity for anxiety. So I'll exhale for this week, and I want you to hear me. I exhale for this week as anybody dealing with anxiety alone. Know that it's a choice, not a consequence or a punishment. You can choose your choices but not your consequences. And the exhale, what do we need to get out? If you're dealing with anxiety alone, it's a choice. It's not a consequence. I want to make sure you understand that. If you are dealing with a high level of stress, worry, anxiety, you won't be able to handle it by yourself. Now, our inhale moment, what we need to take in for this week, value the truth, no matter if it is an easy truth or a hard one. Value the truth because that's what you're going to need to help you get through. There is no way, no way at all possible that we will be able to take on every approach to handling anxiety in this one moment, in this one time that we have together today. So we will end up finding ourselves doing another show or two and we may get a guest or two on to help us with that. However, today, Today, we will talk through one of the strategies, if you will, that someone that if they're going through counseling, you may be getting this type of advice 
when dealing with anxiety. Today, we're just going to do it just from a biblical foundation as well. So now, watch this. Anxiety. Anxiety is defined or can be defined as the experience of unrest, apprehension, dread, or agitated worry. So it's been described as fear in the absence of real danger. Wow. Fear in the absence of real danger. I feel like I'm in danger. Doesn't mean that it's actually really happening or it's actually really there. Not only that, or fear of something that is not clearly understood. Man fears what he doesn't know. So that is, uh, that's human nature. And as a result of that, that says that all of us has been through something where we've experienced or can or will experience anxiety because man fear what he doesn't know. So anxiety, fear or worry, it forms a complex system of emotions that make clear differentiations between between them quite difficult. So it's hard to differentiate between all the different emotions. So now they tend to overestimate. This is anxiety. This is these feelings. They tend to overestimate the negative or the threatening aspect of a situation while drawing attention away from the positive or reassuring aspect. I'm probably going to repeat that over and over several times throughout the show because that's important. Those feelings, those thoughts, they tend to overestimate the negative. They amplify it much larger, much bigger, probably than it need to be. The threatening aspects of a situation is amplified and your attention is pulled away or drawn away from the positive or reassuring aspect. So what happens? The person is left feeling uneasy. Concerned, restless, irritable. I mean, it, it, it's a lot of stuff that comes with that. So what we know about anxiety is that it can come from childhood trauma. There's some things that you may have gone through in your life as a youth, as a child, you know, as an adolescent, what have you, that creates triggers, right? So we consider it trauma. Or it could be present-day situational challenges. And that's a whole list of things. So I was reading the other day and I read something by a Dr. Gary Collins. And what he said was he outlined five broad causes of anxiety. So I'm only highlighting because I agree with some of this. The five broad causes of anxiety that he highlighted was threats, conflict, fear, unmet needs and individual differences. So I agree with some of that. We're not going to spend this time today trying to break that down or dissect that. Because again, we're, we're looking at taking a biblical approach to this. However, I agree with the thought of threats and conflict and fear, unmet needs, individual differences. I agree with it. So now watch this. According to the Bible, there's nothing wrong with realistically acknowledging and trying to deal with the unidentifiable problems of life. There's nothing wrong at all with dealing with the unidentifiable problems of our life. Nothing wrong with acknowledging it. To ignore danger is unwise. And we just have to be real with ourselves. It's unwise. And it's wrong. But it is also wrong as well as unhealthy to be paralyzed or feel powerless 
due to excessive worry. It's wrong. And so we got to figure out what do we do to get past that? So what is the antithesis? What is the opposite? That's my preaching word, right? What's the opposite to anxiety? Well, being resilient. And so today, essentially what we're talking about is worry less, be resilient. Watch this. Resilience says this, is able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult situations. Able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult situations. So I'm going to share a couple of stories today. And the first one is about Peter, because that's really kind of how we, 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 we promote the show about Peter and his life and how anxiety potentially kicked in. So here it is. You have Peter, James and John. They're walking with Jesus, their disciples. They just come off of Jesus feeding 5,000 off of two fish and five barley loaves of bread. I mean, they've seen a miracle among miracles, right? Jesus said, man, I need some time. I just need some time for me so I can go and pray and try to reconnect with my father. So here's what I need y'all to do. I need y'all to get in this boat and go across the lake. He didn't say the ocean. <laughs> he said, go across the lake. And so in obedience, obviously they went and they got in the boat. So now here's where everything changes. Shortly after they get in the boat, the wind begins to pick up and it starts crashing against the water. And so they rowing feverishly, but really not going anywhere. So that's potential for some trouble. Anxiety now potentially kicks in. Oh my goodness, we're gonna drown. Oh, it can't end like this. They're going through a rough patch in this quick moment. And so Jesus was walking by the lake and he saw it. And so when he saw it, he saw his disciples going through what they were going through. He began to walk out towards them. And when he walked out towards them, they looked and they cried out in fear. It's a ghost. Now, you got to think about this. They've been walking with Jesus for many days now. This is chapter 14 of the Gospel of Matthew. And I'm going through the Gospel of Matthew's version because John and uh, John and Luke, I mean, they give different versions of this particular text, but Matthew gives the most detailed version. So they're going through this, right? And they see Jesus and they cried out, it's a ghost, oh my God, they're in fear. And so what happens is <laughs> Jesus looked at them in the media and said, hold up, man. And this is me and my sanctified imagination. Y'all, y'all slow down. But he really says, take courage. It is I. Look, it's me. It's Jesus. Don't be afraid. He said, man, y'all calm down. Pull back. It's me. Don't be afraid. And so here go Peter. Peter said, Lord, if it's you. He still got doubt. He looking at him, talking to him. Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Now, <laughs> Peter had the faith to really have the desire to want to walk out on the water, but he needed confirmation. He needed assurance. How many times have you been going through whatever your situation is and you had the answer, you had what you needed right there in front of you. You had what you needed to press on, but you felt like you still needed confirmation. Man, if I just pray one more time, maybe the Lord will say something different. Maybe it'll come out a different kind of way. 
Maybe if I just call this person or that person, maybe I hear it differently. When what you really need is really right there, right? So that's what Peter is helping us with. He said, if it's you, then tell me to come. And so Jesus, being Lord, says, okay, cool, I oblige, come. And so Peter gets down out of the boat and begins to walk towards Jesus. So now Peter is walking on the water. He's above his issues. He's above the situation because the wind is still going hard against the water. But now he's walking on it. So he's above what is causing his stress, what is causing his problems. He's above what is the potential of his anxiety. And he walking towards Jesus. The problem is, it says, the Bible says that he saw the wind. Now that's amazing, right? Because you really can't see the wind. You can only see the effects of the wind. The wind blows, leaves move, you know that wind is there. The wind blows, you feel it, you know that wind is there. You see water move, you know that wind is there. Let me help you with this. Please, please, whatever you do, try your best to now get into the mindset of not losing it and not feeling like the world is coming to an end because of the effects of something that you presented to yourself. Please don't get yourself caught up in that scenario. A lot of times it's, well, I want to do this, but if I do this, she might. Or if I do this, he might. If I go this way, then it might be this, this, and this. Don't get caught up with the effects of what could be when you really have everything that you need to dominate. You really have everything that you need to press through and come out on top. A lot of times we talk ourselves out of being able to accomplish, being able to be victorious in whatever it is because of the effects of what we feel like is pressing against us. And that's what happened here with Peter. He got caught up. And he felt the wind. He, it says he saw the wind. And what happened? He took his eyes off of Jesus and he began to sink. He took his eyes, got afraid and began to sink. And what did he do? He cried, Lord, please help me. And again, being the Lord, he immediately stuck his hand out to catch him. And watch what he said. He said, you of little faith. He's like, man, I can't believe you doubted. As a matter of fact, he said, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Why did you get yourself in this situation and then you choose to doubt? And that's the thing for us. That's what I'm talking about. When we we create these scenarios sometimes for ourselves, we insist that doubt takes over. When we need to trust ourselves more, we need to trust who it is and who's in control. But sometimes that's difficult. So I understand that. That's why we're talking about this today. But watch this. After he asked him, why did you die? What did Jesus say? Jesus didn't say anything. Jesus climbed into the boat and the wind immediately died down. So let me let me bless you with this before we move on. Whenever you're going through whatever it is that you're challenged with, whenever it is that you're going through whatever you're going through, please make sure that you leave room for Jesus in your boat. No matter what it is, even if you convince yourself that the world is falling apart and there's no way that it's going to ever come back. Even if you convince yourself that whatever this challenge is, is so huge, there's no way that I'm going to be able to get past it. 
whatever you do, please make sure you still leave room for Jesus in your boat because he's going to get in the boat. And when he get in the boat, everything is going to calm itself down. The light will turn on. You'll recognize and realize, wait a minute, this is not as bad as I thought it would be. And I'm saying it not from a place of this is what you should do. I'm saying it from a place of experience. I've been through it before. So whatever you do, again, if we learn anything from Peter, man, leave room for Jesus. Leave room in your boat for Jesus to get on the boat, which means that your heart and your mind has to be in the right place, too. Even though you may be affected, afflicted with doubt, make sure that the seed of righteousness is still within you and there's still room for God to move. You want to make sure of that. So now there's a couple of scriptures that stand out. Proverbs 12, 25 says this, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Anxiety, that worry in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. <laughs> the Lord really know how to lay this thing out. See, there's a great power in kindness. And words have the power to destroy and the power to build up. That's why the Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. I like to say that the tongue is the most dangerous weapon in the world because of this. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. It has the power to destroy and the power to build up. So biblical truth from the word of God is the most helpful and the most powerful kind of word one can speak to a brother or a sister in the grip of anxiety. A powerful word from God is the most powerful, the biggest, most important thing that you can do that you can speak into somebody's life, especially when they're in the grips of anxiety. Watch this. This is another one. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Proverbs 24 and 10. Now, understand this. Adversity is nature's way of getting rid of the weak. Now, you have to listen to everything that I'm saying. So now, Watch this. This text calls the reader to summon courage to face whatever challenges lie ahead. Haven't gotten there yet, but whatever challenges lie ahead, it summons courage. So it's, it's saying summon courage first before you even get to whatever it is that's ahead of you. So now back in the biblical days, difficult times can manifest in one's life, right? Well, not so much back in the biblical days, in the days right now, difficult times can manifest in one's lack of mental. And what is that? A person's ability to cope well with difficulties or to face a demanding situation in a spirited and resilient way. That's that word. So that's lack of metal. But the proverb, this particular proverb is meant to encourage you not to falter in the face of adversity. Why? Because it asks you to summon courage before you even get to it. So now we're going to dig deep just for a quick second. The King James Version of the Bible says, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Right? <laughs> That's kind of almost the way that they would say it. Thy strength is small. So watch me get deep here. There is a, 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 a paranomasia, and I know it's a big word, 
but it's a play on words. That's really what it is. Between the Sarah, which is Hebrew, for adversity, you know, for, for trouble, and the Sar, which is basically just small and narrow. So if you fail, this is what the thought was back in the biblical days. This is not me, what I'm saying right now. This is not what we know to be true today. This is the thought based off the Hebrew version of these words, what these words meant and what this text meant. Back then, this is the thought. It says, if you fail and succumb to anxiety or danger, instead of rising to meet the emergency, then you are but a weakling or a coward. That was their thought back in the day. And it says back then that the strength which you seem to possess and of which you boasted perhaps is nothing of worth. So this was their thought as it attached to that particular scripture back in the day. That's not where we are today because today things are a little different. Science, psychology, a lot of things have evolved. So it helps us get to a better place of understanding today. And that's one of the things that we're going to attempt to do today. So now watch this. In life's journey, one has to obtain the principles of strength and resilience in order to face various challenges and adversities. So it lines up with what the text says. Some encourage ahead of the adversities. So now this strength, right, is not physical. It's not based on the muscular power obtained from lifting weights and performing strenuous exercises, but it's psychological and spiritual in nature. That's what we're talking about today. This strength can only be obtained from life experiences and one's belief system. That's what we're focusing on today. So now we're gonna go back and redefine strength. According to Webster, Webster says strength is the state a quality of being strong, force, power, or it's the power to resist stress, or resist strain, resist toughness, durability. So here, strength is defined as the power to resist stress, durability, which means the ability to overcome adversity and bounce back from a crisis. That's what it's saying that it is. So this proverb speaks of the relationship between adversity and strength. And according to the Bible, according to the word, strength can only be determined when confronting adversity, just as courage cannot be determined unless you confront a dangerous situation. So I wanna make sure that we're clear on that. Going back now to revisit resilience. Resilience, according to the dictionary, says that it's the ability to bounce or spring back into shape or position. So there's that bounce back again. The ability to recover quickly. It says it's the equivalent of buoyancy. So now resilience is defined as the ability, again, like we said, to bounce back and to recover power from various adversities that seem to take it from us. Being able to recover that, we were born with the innate ability to bounce back from adversity. We were born with that ability and it provides certain principles. As long as we embrace them, there are certain principles that help us with that. Faith, hope, and love, etc. We can keep going on, right? So now Peter was a great example of what happens when we succumb 
to what presses against us and creates opportunity for anxiety. He lost it and he, he didn't have that bounce back with him in that moment. And that's the thing we have to understand. It was in that moment. However, watch this. The story of Joseph, because I said I was going to share a couple of stories. The story of Joseph creates a different picture. It helps us understand the power that we possess already to be able to watch this bounce back quickly, to have resilience. So now, Joseph is a great example of being resilient. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. Can you imagine? Sold into slavery by his brothers because he was favored by his father. So his brothers hated him because they felt like he was the favorite. They hated him so much they wanted him gone. So they sold him into slavery and went back and lied to their father and said that he was killed. Craziness. But think about the opportunity for Joseph to have anxiety. At that point, why would he trust anybody? If his brothers sold him into slavery because they was hating. Can you imagine? Watch this. Not only that, he was thrown into prison. So he already enslaved. Now he was thrown into prison by the then king Potiphar. Why? Because his wife lied on Joseph. She wanted to sleep with him and he resisted. So again, here's that trust thing. And all of a sudden... Now, I'm guilty by association, and you don't even really know the whole story, my man. Don't even know the whole story. So, again, that creates a bigger environment for anxiety, for, for him to be extremely stressed out, for him to be extremely worried. What am I going to do? But watch this. As a result of his faith in the Lord and him knowing that God was with him, he was placed in charge of the prison. So he found favor while being in prison because of his faith. Goes back to what we said, life experiences and one's belief system. He never stopped believing. He never got to a place where he didn't feel like he could not overcome, couldn't press through it. Watch this. While in prison, he interpreted the dreams for two servants of the king who were in prison with him. And he asked them, man, whatever y'all do, don't forget about me. And in, in rare form, they forgot about him for about two years, but he never lost faith. He had that bounce back in him. He didn't allow that thing to settle and create doubt and get lost in his doubt. He chose something different. And so Joseph found favor with Pharaoh and he was placed in charge of everything. So he's still finding favor, and I, I just can't help but believe that it had everything to do with the matter of him having faith in God and knowing that it was going to work itself out. What is it? Everything. Everything was going to work itself out because of his actions, because of his choices, and him looking at the situation, man, I've been through a lot. See, his strength was big, and so was his faith, and that allowed him to be resilient. Because he's always thought about, if I look back at everything that I've been through, and I've made it through it, I've made it over it, even if I'm still going in and I still have some peace, some joy, I know that I can get through this. That's what puts you on the road of pressing past and pressing through anxiety, pressing past, pressing through worry. 
See, some people don't want to just say that they are relying on God and that's it. And that's fine if that's if that's you. However, for the believer, especially for the believer, especially relying on God and on what God has already brought you through creates the environment for strength and belief to set in and it invokes the opportunity for action. It invokes the opportunity to put you in a position to say, you know what, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand firm. firm. I'm going to press through this thing no matter what. I don't care what's coming in front of me. Why? Because I've already summoned courage before my adversity got here in front of me. It puts you in a place that says that I will get through this and you believe it until it happens. That's the whole idea. Push, pray until something happens. You believe that it's going to happen. You know, the Bible says one must endure hardship as a good soldier. I think this is part of what it was talking about. Expect hardship, expect adversity. But you've already summoned courage before you reach it, before it's reached you. So the same fight by you will strengthen you. And it will allow you to be resilient in the face of adversity. If we take on the same mentality, the same mindset that Joseph had that we're talking about, you'll be able to press through. So you have to be willing to stand firm in your faith when things look rough, knowing that you already possess what it takes to bounce back and never lose sight of that. You already possess what it takes to bounce back. So don't lose sight of that. You know, when I went through my process of becoming a brother of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, uh, one of the poems that we had to learn was called The Test of a Man. I think it's really fitting for what we're talking about in the picture that we're trying to paint here. It says the test of a man is the fight that he makes, the grit that he daily shows. The way that he stands upon his feet and takes life's numerous bumps and blows. A coward can smile when there's not to fear and nothing his progress bars. But it takes a man to stand and cheer while the other fellow stars. It isn't a victory after all, but the fight that a brother makes. A man when driven against the wall still stands erect and takes the blows of fate. Fate with his head held high, bleeding, bruised and pale. Is the man who will win fate defied, for he isn't afraid to fail. You have to go back and just look at the text again. It says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. The Bible is not really saying that you are weak because some distress caused you to stumble. That's not what it's saying. It's saying if you find yourself losing focus or fading in the moment, then your strength is small. What the Bible really wants us to understand is pushing us, that it's pushing us to know that that's just a moment. It's just a small moment in time in your life. You still have what it takes to push through if you choose to. I've said that so many times to a lot of people, man. If you change your, your mind, you'll change your life. If you choose to. Resilience is not something that is not given, but it is developed in you through life's challenges. It's developed in you through life's 
challenges. The question is, are you up for the challenge? Are you ready to pass the test? Understand how resilience is developed in you. It's through life's experiences. It's through the things that you go through. So you have to be willing to not go through it alone. You must have someone to talk to that you can trust and that will give you wise counsel. That's so important. You cannot deal with this. You cannot go through this by yourself. It's not possible. And you must be willing to take a stand even in the face of adversity in order to be an overcomer. You have to be willing to stand firm, to fight, to press through it. Remember the poem. It's a, and embrace what it says. Because it says it's not always about the victory, but the fight instead. And if you remember the fight, right? If you remember the fight and what it took for you to get through it, whatever it is, that will take you so much further than just the thought of the victory alone. Why? Why is the fight so important? It reminds you that you are never afraid to fail. You are willing to push through no matter what. That's why the fight is so much important than the victory, because it reminds you that you are strong. It reminds you that you did some courage and you stood in it no matter what. There is victory over anxiety. We have to make some choices, and sometimes they're hard choices, but we have to. And we start with not trying to do it by yourself and accepting the truth of what's in front of you. When you accept the truth of what's in front of you, then you'll be willing to take a stand, even in the face of adversity, in order to become an overcomer. So the thing that we have to understand is we have to create that space, right? Where we recognize breathing room, stop, breathe, think about it, process what's going on. How am I going to press through this? And then make a choice that invokes action and you ride on that action. And that is the thing that's going to help you understand and remember the fight. It's going to be the thing that reminds you that you are never afraid to fail. Instead, you are willing to push through no matter what until the end. God bless you.